Jeepers. I said Jeepers for the first time yesterday. Um, just thought everyone would like to know. <laughs> it went very well. Hello everyone, my name is Kira, and you're very welcome to episode 6 of Arts Insight. I am so excited about this month's episode. Um, we managed to convince Joe Castlin and May Kay to come and chat with me this month. So if you don't know who either of these people are, Joe Castlin is a street artist and activist, and he's also a teacher. And May Kay is a musician who you probably know from Fight Like Apes or La Galaxy. So this is a very exciting episode. I am buzzing for you to hear this one. Um, the two worked on a project together that's now available to go see in Rural Red in their gallery. It's called Resilient slash Resilience. And it is, let me tell you, it's, it's one of my favorite exhibitions that's been in Rural Red so far. And that says a lot, really. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. I'm not going to say too much about the project because we do talk in depth about it in the interview. But I wanted to just point out that originally they had planned for kind of a part two of the project um, for Culture Night that was going to be a live performance. And um, there was this whole plan to do like a ticketed event, all that kind of thing. But unfortunately, because of new restrictions, you'll know in any industry, I'd say right now, it's impossible to plan anything. So unfortunately, that's had to change because of the new restrictions. But instead of the live performance, there is going to be a film made and it's going to feature like a conversation between May Kay and Joe and a piece on the young people as well that were involved in the project and then live performances and all that kind of thing. So that's exciting and that will be released as part of Culture Night's online program. Um, but again, this could change again. I just didn't want to be giving out false information in the interview, you know, and you're there going, Woo, where can I get my tickets? And it's not happening. So keep an eye on social media. I'd say Rural Red, um, their social media accounts will probably be providing updates as they go and same with Joe and May Kay. But yeah, just wanted to say that really quick. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm not going to talk too much because it's a very long interview. It's two parts as usual, but I'm talking to them both in each part. And I will be back to talk to you before part two. Now in a sec. Oh my God, enjoy. Woo! Um, just a little warning for anyone listening there. This episode contains a couple of curse words which is unusual for this podcast. That's why I wanted to just point it out before we start. Don't want any childers listening and hearing those words, so, yeah. My mum is a journalist and I feel like I have suffered from um, dictaphones and stuff. So before there were iPhones and stuff like that, she was using dictaphones and oh she'd be and stuff. And, you know, you can't really say to a, you know, a dictator mid-attack... <laughs> if that works yeah. so she would have often have moments of just like well that didn't work no need me so annoying so anyway like, in your man's I had to cut out like well Jerry had to I don't do it he had to like cut out so much of what he was saying and I was like oh god but listen it's fine anyway, yeah don't worry um, you live and you learn how are you anyways good I haven't seen you actually in a while since we put up the piece yeah we yeah, we've talked kind of sporadically in between uh, yeah. bad, like incredibly bad uh, connections. Anytime that I come to Dublin, it's like I've, there's this kind of like bubble of bad connection that follows me around the place. It's so bad. And even trying to like interview on 
like people on Zoom is just so unnatural. Like it's it's yeah. It's, it's we were only talking about this yesterday. The flow, uh, you know, kind of the natural flow of life. We just, you know, kind of get on a tray and come up and do our stuff and talk to each other and. You know, there'd be no impact. You know, we just do our daily, you know, kind of interactions and connections. Yeah. But at points we have to consider others and then we have to consider, you know, kind of our movement. And then the project is always, you have to kind of build in capacity into it where you have to, you know, kind of, there has to be, you might be, you know, by hit by an emergency or hit by a stop button and you have to renegotiate it. And we talked yesterday that, you know, that's nearly essentially what, everybody is having to do it's to, like you can't plan anything and like yeah. weren't you meant to be filming today yeah yeah that's a perfect yeah. example but he didn't, he didn't get the <laughs> poor call. jerry uh, poor jerry i'd wish it was me even that got the scare and not jerry I, I was like texted him back i was like you absolute loser it's only a cold <laughs> yeah but it's no, funny no, God love this is, better safe than sorry i guess it is oh i know i want yeah. to say it i I think that's the thing is that especially Irish people you know we're, I certainly am I'm sure everyone's the same because of the cost of a GP visit we I know Europe, bastards. The, the bastards but for them to tell you come back to me next week if you're still feeling shy like. you'd nearly you, you kind of want to be like unable to get out of the bed before you're willing to spend that oh, much with the GP or have like it's a list of ailments to tell them about yeah exactly exactly hmm. And it's not in our nature to kind of even look for um, kind of attention for any sort of an illness. So this whole coronavirus situation doesn't suit Irish people anyway. No, no not Jer- at all. Fucker, fifty hours to go and see him. What? Because what did you to- do? I'll go up north. Oh, and get a few fireworks while you're there. <laughs> get your teeth done as well while you're at it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't even see your teeth. Listen. It <laughs> got off to a really bad start. I slagged his teeth and that was it. Um, we're already on holidays. Here? Yeah, we're trying to... We are. We're in a hotel in Tala because obviously Joe and I are here because... <laughs> potentially supposed to be filming today so um, oh my god a hotel in Tala like that's so grim it's actually I'm sorry but it's not it's not which hotel is it the glass house is it is it folk no is that the good one I don't know that's just the one beside Rua Tala Cross Tala Cross Hotel Tala Cross Hotel I don't know her in Lidl Um, (laughs) (laughs) above Aldi and bother the hospital's just across the road. So sure. But yeah, no, when Jerry was like, said he had the scare, I was like, you can see how quickly it spreads because Martin had been with Jerry and then he came to a little thing I had in my house and I was like, oh my God, I have it. I have it. Yeah. Everyone has it. Yeah. Our like, next door neighbor at the start, we have new next door neighbors and then uh, her sister, um, they're, they're two women that are working. So they come together during the day and they kind of dip in and out, and one minds the four kids, and when she's off and meeting the other one, minds them, and it's it's a beautiful kind of relationship and kind of you know routine that they have built together. Yeah. Then she went off. One of the, the sister went off to Dingle with her in-laws, uh, and then three of them got sick down in Dingle, but they got sick because they're out fucking swimming in the sewer water. So oh. yeah. So then the beach only a foot to the left. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like. The in-laws of the in-laws and then they came back 
and then we were playing with the kids that were next door. So like it was four yeah. quick steps. Yeah. And then I, I, I was actually, you know, down at the train station about to get on the train and I was like ringing just to see was everything clear before I got on the train yesterday to meet the kids. Mm. And they had got the, the all clear that morning. But it would have. Oh, I don't know what happened there. Was that you or me? So we just get started. Well, that it was started, but you know what I mean. Um, normally, I just get people to kind of give a little bit of a background about themselves. So, yeah, my name's May Kay. Um, I suppose I started in any sort of artistic business with a band called Fight Like Apes. Um, um, I was also with a band called The Galaxy, and I've worked with lots of other different musicians over the years. Um, um, I never, ever would have seen myself involved in in art in this way. I just thought it was a medium that I just didn't really um, connect with um, in terms of being involved in it. I've connected in it as a, as a punter, but not not um, uh, not ever in a way that I could be involved in it. Um, and this whole thing is just incredibly surreal. I, I suppose it's not that difficult to explain to people that it's surreal to see yourself. How many foot high is that thing? That thing. Uh, That's you. Eleven. Eleven. Oh, is that oh no! How many foot? Yeah. Oh, loads. Twenty-one. Yeah. You don't realize so, I've seen it on Instagram, and like you just can't imagine that well, the scale of it. Well, no, I have been in then, and I was like, oh, oh. my god, it's That's the thing. huge. I, I keep saying people, yeah, it's it's such a mad thing, and the the weirdest response, I suppose, for me has been someone who's now black booked, blacklisted, said to me, you know, that's amazing. Why did he ask you to do that? And I was like, stop tapping into my deepest insecurities, you know, because I actually working with Joe is a really, um, knowing Joe is different than seeing Joe's work because it's, um, it's not a very standard way of choosing someone who's like worthy enough to be part of a piece that it's very much about like, a vibe with somebody and and and, um, and an energy you might have a share with somebody and I like to think I'm that way and certainly as I get older I feel like I'm developing that sense myself yeah. um but it's um yeah long story short this is a, a very surreal experience for me and for me to be allowed to involve the part of me that I'm very confident in which is music um has just really almost almost physically in my mind opened a big huge window to art that I never imagined I'd yeah. be I'd be able to access. So um, yeah, that's a very that's a very um, short way of, of of showing that the kind of journey from music to this piece today and to all of our insecurities and worries and concerns in the middle of this pandemic are definitely exacerbated at the moment but they've always been there in some way or another what we're experiencing yeah. now we've come we've we've tread through this kind of water before and we've all been in, in many ways just forced to deal with it all at once and all together at the moment which is kind of um i don't mean to say it's good because it's not there's, there's awful things happening but there's something in it that's that's i wouldn't be afraid to say because some people are saying i am yeah no i like if so if it feels good for you you know you can say it because you're quantifying it by how it is for you you know there is a whole lot of loss and devastation and you know kind of absolute you know kind of emergency and fear that's come with the pandemic but you know kind of all of all of those emotions and all of those experiences force you into making decisions that are quite quick 
Yeah, and, it's true. You know, there's sometimes there's a beauty in that clarity. So, and there's an ease and and a, maybe a a goodness that's in it. I kind of at the, when I first started making work, I would have made work around the loss of life and losing young people, and then to be able to take that trauma and then to turn it into a beautiful drawing. It always it was always a difficult thing and it was always very hard for me to describe you know kind of the beauty that was in the drawing because I always saw the loss or the devastation but then you know kind of life is always about that yin and yang and I don't I don't have any you know kind of by living through it now a number of years I have no problem saying if something feels good you know kind of I agree I actually totally agree and I think I'm still fine I'm still trying to become comfortable yeah that's it that. it's comfort but yeah. the, the thing like the sorry we're skipping no no I, no that's brilliant oh, like, and our relationship like remember me no yeah no but it's a really interesting point and I think um I think it's one definitely worth making. It's something that that's it feels very serendipitous to me that this is happening with this team while I'm writing because I think we're really careful and empathetic people, and that's one of the biggest things that that I asked you to be part of this project was because of your energy and your empathy. Um, and, and I, I think, think as well, like sorry to interrupt you there, what you were saying before about how now we have to be so much more hyper aware of other people's feelings. That's it. And that's you know why I mean? that's why we're maybe, you know, kind of conscious of saying that, you know, kind of we might have experienced elements of of good in the last, mm. you know, kind of five months. Because we're always, you know, kind of deep within us, we're always kind of worried that we might hurt someone. Mm. That, you know, somebody that mightn't have had that experience. Um and which we're all entitled to. My mum, who's um weird I'm a like big fan of my mum like even just whatever about her being my mother I just so much time for the way that she things that she's taught me much that it's been she's been clawing her hair out trying to teach me things but um do you know that you can have empathy but you need perspective they have to go hand in hand that you know you can care about things that having to take it all on you can care about your own small problems while having perspective on what it might look like to somebody else. So I actually yeah. don't mind someone saying the thing that would bring me normality and comfort today would be going to the hairdresser and someone getting extremely excited and eager about the hairdresser, right? Mm. But then you have someone who's lost a parent to the coronavirus and they're mm. going, you haven't a clue about the world. So probably the person's mistake was saying out loud yeah. with the hairdresser, but that we're all entitled to have. Yeah. Like we'll, there'll always be someone worse off. You were supposed to say your background. Oh, yeah. Hi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Do it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my name is Joe Castlin. I'm a street artist, uh, teacher and an activist. Are you a primary school teacher? No, secondary. I've been <laughs> teaching secondary for 11 years now. Uh, so, yeah, actually, it, it's, uh, I owe, it's very hard for me to say that I'm a teacher and I'm a street artist and I'm an activist because actually I'm all of them at the exact same time and no role can exist without the other existing. Mm. So what I do in class frames what I put up on the streets because I'm kind of teaching and maybe kind of asking people to look at people's situations with empathy that I might have experienced in my classroom. And then my activism comes because 
things fuck me off in the classroom and how you know kind of kids have to deal with situations that is completely out of their control and they have no no power or or you know kind of no authority or no means on which to you know kind of use their voice within the society that we live in so it's all of those things it's like this you know kind of three chains that you can't ever break apart and they all frame and sometimes my body might be you know kind of me a bit of a leg might be in one bit and my arm might be in the other bit and 75 percent of me might be in one position but you know kind of i never you know kind of leave one role and just step into it they're always a combination of, of of the roles together and that's what was lovely about this project because my role as a teacher allowed me to go in and to work with these young people yeah. uh, and I have no you know kind of fear walking into that room and and working with people from any type of a you know kind of a background or no matter who they are because I want to try and figure them out and see what they're like as people and then uh, the coronavirus was you know, the pandemic was something that was quite violent um, on people but kind of like a quiet violence it was like attacking their their mental health and I had worked a good bit in that space before um, and then we lived through the last recession and in the last recession the vast um, vast majority of people that were my age uh, either the government attacked them by you know kind of cutting their dole money and just pushing them to the periphery of, of society or they left and we lost a huge amount of our brightest and our best and we were kind of void of, of you know kind of that power and we were also you know kind of in mourning of, of those people that had left and we were, I feel that we're only kind of you know starting to resurface that's from that in a way um, we were bereft for a long period of time and I feel that that recession attacked certain cohorts of um, our society much harder than it did others so people from, you know, kind of migrant backgrounds, people of lower social standing, people that, you know, kind of are on the lower echelons of kind of, of the levels in which we place people. Those were the hardest that were hit. And here we are in another situation and I'm, I absolutely don't want the same thing to happen again. Um, and this, you know, we, we have the clarity and the perspective to look back and if we make the same mistakes again, well, fool on us. And, you know, kind of, that was one of the main catalysts and the kind of the biggest driving force that was behind this project is to showcase that, you know, we're all in this pandemic, we're all in this storm, but everybody's household, everybody's life, every, you know, the quietness as you put your head on the pillow, that is different in everybody's okay. space. Uh, and we need to recognize that. Uh, and it's not just this, you know, kind of white, male, middle class, um, you know, kind of point that, that we just di direct and, you know, kind of facilitate that those are the lives that we need to, to cater, you know, mind. There's, there's a whole swathe of other people that were left behind be before and, like, I don't want that to happen again. How did the project come about? Had, it, had you planned to work with Rural Red? No, uh, didn't have a clue. Uh, I actually can't remember. Uh, I think I got a phone call. I don't know. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> he 
he told me he wanted to find a sea goddess and I thought he wanted help finding oh, yeah. you know, it. So, like, so I know, I, yeah, so, I was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> this is the, so I was asked, would I, would I do a, a workshop? I got an email, that was it. I got an email from Jerry and Jerry said, there's this project in Ruaraid. Now I had heard of Ruaraid years ago, but forgotten where it was and what it was. Yeah. So then they said, will you work with young people and will you go on to Zoom? Now, I didn't know what Zoom was until the week before, <laughs> as uh, every Irish person or everyone in the globe yeah, yeah. didn't know what it was. Yeah. No, but we started off in some other thing. House party. And then, <laughs> yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> for, for this is the front days. party at the back. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Doing quizzes and all. <laughs> There was a meme I saw and it was like Zoom quizzes a gravestone 2020 to 2020. Oh my <laughs> like, God. Thank God it's oh, over. Thank yeah. God. And none of us really commented on it. Oh. We just quietly let that let it die. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, they came with the project and they said that there was a group of young people and there was this space. Now I didn't know what the size of the space was. They said they wanted to do a piece that was inside and a piece that was outside. And I was like, oh, grand. And as in my life, I say grand to a lot of things. And then as it gets closer to it, kind of You're go, like, shit. Right, what actually is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I knew, I knew I wanted every young person or every participant that was in the project to have a voice and that they had a drawing and that their drawing would mean a huge amount to them. So I asked them all to draw different boats and everybody picked a boat that was to symbolize their character and mm-hmm. there was one girl that is uh she's a quiet uh really deep thinker um likes to look at life with a bit of space between her and you know kind of sometimes the chaos mm-hmm. so she picked uh, a submarine and it was so perfect ah. because they get to deep dive right in and then when she chooses, and only she chooses, she gets to come up with her periscope and have a look and maybe, you know, kind of go down yeah. again. And everybody's boat was, now, and I'm just picking that, and it's not out of any favour, but everybody's boat captured their character, and it was beautiful. But in that, there also needed to be an element of hope, because I believe that there's a greater energy that, binds us all together and we all rise at the same level and we only get to a level when we look at you know kind of how we treat our weakest that's how you you know kind of class a society or that's how you you arrange its success maybe on you know how it's how the weakest are looked after yeah um, so I wanted somebody that had quite a specific energy and I have a list uh, that's on a sheet of paper that's in my studio of people that I've met over the last maybe 10 years. And I don't know why I put them on the list. And I don't, it, it sometimes it's because of their energy. It's sometimes because they have a look that might give away anger or empathy or, you know, kind of love or whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, the people end up in my drawings that aren't even on the list. But the list does have a basis because it feeds into, I get to control the, the theme and the, the emotion and the feeling that, that is in the piece then. And Mary Kate has been on that list. You I haven't even told you this. No. Mary Kate has been on that <laughs> list since we met in Dingle five years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, I, I remember sitting back and there was a roaring fire beside me. 
And then there was this, you know, kind of light that was in the room. And it just, I kept looking over and it was just the energy that she had. And then I was lucky enough then that we, we got to chat and, you know, over the course of time we became mates. So I was like, at some point I was like, oh, yes, guaranteed I'm going to use her. So then here was I sitting in lockdown. Every girl wants to hear that. I'm going to use her. Oh, my God. Oh, you not? oh yeah. Oh. Never yeah, 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 yeah. She'll no. get used now yeah. one of the days. Use me anytime you like, Joe. 21 foot murals in her yeah, 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 yeah. Stick her up. <laughs> so I rang her and I said, uh, Mary-Kate, I'm doing this project and I need, uh, I, had, I had known, I wanted something that was powerful that was in the drawing, but not something that was, a god or a you know kind of a traditional religious type of thing because i i believe in something that's wider than that i wanted something that was historical and and off the birth of you know kind of the land and the sea and i love traditional irish stories and two of the danon was it's the tribe of the gods and there was one god in particular who was the goddess of fertility uh, and of the oceans and i wanted somebody that had the capacity to be that and uh, somebody that had that energy and that, you know, could go into a room and, you know, sit with the lords and the ladies, but also look at the person that had the deepest pain in that room and also look after them. So I rang up Mary Kate or did a text you and I was like, uh, I need someone to be the princess of the ocean or something, <laughs> the queen of the sea. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me look and see who I can find. And I was like, it's you. It's you, girl. <laughs> how nice is that, though, to hear? Like, that's like. Well, it's incredible to be. It's incredible. And the thing is, like, I think I've, I've, um, a really great thing that I was told years ago because I was terrible at taking compliments of any sort, which, which is useless to be honest. If you're on stage, because you make. Someone said to me before when I was very got a compliment and I was like, oh, shut up, you know. So Irish, isn't that it? was nearby. Yeah. yeah, I think it was an aunt of mine that was nearby said to me, you should know that when someone gives you a compliment, that's their own opinion and you reject the compliment, you've just made them feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't, sound, you haven't come across as bashful or, or, you know, coy. You've kind of just told the person what they think is wrong and that they're stupid mm. for thinking it. And I kind of, that really sat with me because it's so true it's not you know it's their perception of something whatever so I've tried really hard to take that on board and just say if someone says something to me and they mean it sincerely um to just say like thank you that's like a wonderful Mm. thing um you know when you were speaking about your mom earlier yeah that's the biggest thing that I've learned from my mom in maybe the last five years someone came over to me and I was in some gallery event and they were and I was like oh like the usual typical Irish thing no 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 like I don't deserve that compliment Mm. and she came over she was like they walked the whole way over to you and they made an effort now you're going to go back over there and say thanks and I was like all right (laughs) okay mom great thing about Joe and I think the thing that I've just loved so much about the whole team in Real Red and and lots of musicians that I've worked with before and people that I really noticed that I want in my life now and I've learned a lot about 
you know, you don't just break up certain romantic relationships. You can break up friendships too, if they're not mm-hmm. right for you. And um, even, even kind of casual friendships that you just think I'm just not going to, because the, the things that people value, like the things that Joe says about me, I don't just, I don't feel like I have to say thank you. It's like, Jesus, if you think that that's deadly, I'd love to be that. So maybe mm-hmm. I am then if you see that in me and that's, I think there's, when we, the day that we were doing the piece and I ended up in some way helping. <laughs> so I invited her down and we went out into the garden. And we oh, got, to do the actual photo shoot. Yeah, the photo Jesus. shoot. We got a, like a blow up bed and I was like, so I'll sit up there now and we off we go. <laughs> in the garden in Tullamore and, you know, it was the, I was just thinking, I've seen Joe's pieces before. I'll just sit here and I assume, he, I assume he's going to affect this picture in some way. Um, but it was really amazing because down to the positioning of my hands, to the way I was looking. So there was a lot of very technical positioning involved, but then there was also the bit that you kind of just have to jump on if someone you respect asks you to do it, which is like mm. the image was, that, you know, that I was trying very hard to show, let's say if I was looking at someone to show them that I cared, but just with my face, you know, I wasn't able to speak or move yeah. or, or go to them, but I had to show yeah. them with my face that I cared and that I was strong and that I was someone that they could trust. And I, we use Mary Kate's, you know, kind of, her her body to tell that story so you know kind of she cast her jaw off to one side and uh, like Mary Kate has really really striking features and I was like you know there's a strength that's in that but then we also opened up her neck you know and and that's a really vulnerable part of of you as an individual Um, so you know kind of we had the power and the vulnerability that was into it I think the best part about it as well, like obviously that's kind of what your eye is drawn to, but at the same time, it doesn't take over. Do you know what I mean? It's not the only thing you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has that balance. That's it. And then her eye was just kind of, it, it, it overlooks all of the boats that's there and it kind of, the storm clouds are around her and there's a, a huge lightning kind of storm that's there and it's just real powerful. and. Mm-hmm. One of the waves then, it's not like she is taking control of the sea. One of the waves she's holding back, you know, kind of protecting the boats. And the other one, she's kind of let hit because, you know, kind of the best mothers and the best caregivers are those that, you know, kind of allow trauma to hit, you know, kind of their family, but also protect them in a way so that it gives those that are, are younger um, the capacity to have the tools to overcome, you know, kind of situations that are like this. Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah, like if you come and just surround someone and do that, by the, you know, kind of, if they don't always have you that's around, you're not actually giving them a fundamental, you know, mm-hmm. kind of holistic education in, in a way. Um, it's obviously so different, but... I have a another podcast with my mom, right? Mm. And yeah, and we were talking about friendships and I we were kind of saying that we feel like we have a friendship and how like you sometimes you need that kind of tough love. And she talked yeah. about when I was away, when I was like 17, rang her ball and I was like, Mom and all and she was like, Oh my god, what's wrong? I was like, I have a huge knot in my hair. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like she was like 
are you serious? And she was like, you have to know when to like give tough love or to like amazing. comfort someone. I was like, Scarly, you tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the funniest things about the project was the, there was a real, like Mary Kate had come down to the house and I, had, I hadn't left. I had been sick for a bit of time. So I was absolutely cocooning in, in my house. Mm-hmm. And you were the first person that had come through the door in about three months. And it was like, I couldn't even finish a sentence. It was like... Uh, you don't know how to interact with people anymore. Yeah, You're literally like... Oh, and I kept talking. No. I was like, shut up. No. And you, like, we were just get, we were getting on great. <laughs> and then we, we, we ate some food. Did we eat before we did it? No. Yeah. Did we eat before we did it? I can't remember. That's a great question. I think we These ate are the we... important things that I need yeah. to know. Sorry, we call you back tomorrow. Yeah, it Alfred. was like it was like the queen was coming, and we put out this big spread. Uh, but we got out into the back garden, and we were taking the photograph. And I remember distinctly looking at it, and I wanted Mary Kate in a certain position. So I was looking through the lens of the camera, and I go, "Mary Kate, we have it, we have it. You're like Skellig Michael. Don't move." <laughs> and if you've ever seen Skellig Michael, it's just like. This abandoned triangle of land. You're like, thanks. On the west coast of of Kerry. And Mary Kate was like... And can I just say Jonathan as well? Like, Jonathan was also, like, conscious of the fact that I was there going, I hope I look nice in this photo. And, like, you know, I wonder, do I I look lean and all these things? And Joe Joe wasn't joking and he wasn't being, he he, he wasn't trying to be funny. He was just, like, genuinely like like Michael. Yeah. Because I was was seeing, so I was seeing the sea. So in my head, I was taking Mary Kate and taking her out of my garden and putting her in, uh, you know, an absolutely massive worldwide storm mm-hmm. where she had the capacity to, you know, exert a power to it and, and, you know, kind of survive through it. So I saw this and the next thing I saw this image of Skelly Michael and here's this island that has been out on the west coast of Ireland that has seen hundreds of thousands of storms, has always been there, is celebrated, has a monastic site that's on it, is so part of our culture and part of, you know, kind of our the best of of maybe who we are and this idea of survival so and I didn't even think about it and so here was I looking through the camera and I was like oh you're like Skellig Michael like this this is brilliant and I had this flash and then I looked at Mary Kate and I was like this is possibly not the best compliment to give a woman. Yeah, probably not what you <laughs> wanted to hear, but abandoned <laughs> abused <laughs> <laughs> And then he kind of was like, oh, okay, fair enough. He's like, and you said something about the monastic settlement. And I was like, all right, thanks, Joe. Which, if there's a monastic, oh, sorry. There's a monastic. Guys, I'm getting a thing. We've one minute and 30 seconds left. Do you want to like try bash it out or do you want me to make another meeting? No, just do another meeting. We, we have another meeting. any of your questions. Yeah, we're doing no, I just, no, I love it. I love how like... This Sorry. is gone. No, genuinely. Okay, I'll just, I'll it's hang this up. I haven't seen you in ages. <laughs> yeah. You have to limit up the Zoom. Oh, fuck that. So I hope you enjoyed part one. I'm going to leave you with part two now in a sec, but I'm going to do some shameless self-plugging. You'll probably notice in the interview I mentioned my other podcast, 
Um, so I've started another podcast recently called I'll Ask My Mom. It's an original one. It's got a lot more strong language and adult themes, but if you're into that, I would definitely say give us a listen. Obviously, I think it's good because I'm in it, but I would really appreciate if you gave it a listen. It's very exciting, very new, still learning loads. Yeah, I'd really appreciate that. God, that feels so weird to be like, listen to my podcast, but do, do you know? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to leave you with part two now of conversation between me, Joe and May Kay. Enjoy. I just pressed unpause. Oh, like, can help. Sorry. Yeah, I have to upgrade to some kind of thing. that I'm familiar with fucking pause and play and rewind. So I don't come across these things Kira, in a month. The people that, I, well, sorry, fair, that actually makes sense. But the people that I know that are so, like, if you, if you talk to Joe about the technicalities of bringing the picture from the Garden of Tullamore and the journey that oh, takes yeah. before it goes up there. I'm like, well, obviously Joe could fucking make a rocket, obviously. Let, but then I mean, press and play and pause is like, I have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see them shapes in my world. They are. No, I'm so I'm, bad I'm with technology. And I have no taste in music. No, that's why I'm not our sending you the song. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Tell me about the song, <laughs> actually. You need to listen to what you're saying. Yeah, sorry. So sorry. Tell me about the song. So this is like, again, this is just one of those um, things that a lot of things slotted into place um, that ended up running in harmony with me trying to write music by myself, which I hadn't ever done before. Um, And one of the, one of the kind of wonderful parts of the theme is not to be grim, but to say that, you know, things don't always work out, but things are usually okay and kind of even when they're not, even when they seem not okay, they are. And, and it's, it's awful seeing someone from the outside, when you're on the outside of someone going through something, mm-hmm. you know it's kind of useless to tell them that it'll be okay in, in lots of ways, but that you know that, that it will be okay. And oftentimes it can be great after you either lose someone or go through heartache of some sort, some sort of bereavement of any kind. Um, and I think the perspective, so I was getting very worked up about the songs I was writing and worrying about reviews and radio play and all these things that people worry about. And then when I heard Joe describing the boats and the reasons that the young people had picked the different boats and for whatever reason they picked them, really put into perspective why you're involved in art of any sort to begin with. And it's, mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's a pretty magical thing. Even that doesn't have to be a good or a bad thing, really, but it's, it feels magical in some way anyway. Um, and we were discussing asking artists to write um, a song of, in some way in response to the piece. Um, and then Joe said, would I do it? And I, I, of course I said yes. And I felt under a lot of pressure of what to write. And it also, whenever I thought about the theme, couldn't just stop, I couldn't stop rhyming things like boat and ocean with notion and shit like that. And, and, then, and then I was talking to my friend Ian that I'm writing with and he was like, like would you not just something that you're already working on? And there's a, a, um, a song called Fire, which 
I feel hesitant to explain what it's about because anyone I play it for thinks it's about a romantic loss, but it's, it essentially is about um, when my father was really ill and I was supposed to go play a gig and I wanted to stay with him in the hospital and I didn't tell him about the gig, but he'd started using Twitter and he knew that I was supposed to have a gig and made me leave. And I hated leaving him and I thought that the right place for me to be was beside him but he was my dad so he wanted me to go and be on stage because that yeah. was my thing and it would have hurt him a lot more for me to not do that um but I went on stage and I actually couldn't I couldn't I sang but I couldn't really move you really you wouldn't have been comfortable watching me I wouldn't think and people will say oh stop you're a grand I just know I wasn't and I'm and I I'm you know yourself, mm. you know, when someone says, when you say, I look awful, and someone says, you look gorgeous, and you're like, I don't, and I know I don't, and it's fine yeah. that I don't. I'd rather you said, yeah, fair enough, it wasn't, and mm. let's talk about that or whatever. But, but I mean, but how are not, you going to give the same performance in that situation, you know? Well, I think there's an ingrained thing about being a professional and, and, and being able to rise above stuff and being an entertainer. So I suppose you're supposed to be able to leave stuff side stage and go on stage and do that. But it was, the, it was the first time ever, and it hasn't even happened since, that I couldn't actually shake it off and genuinely felt like I could see him. Um, and it was really overwhelming. And I suppose that's why I just loved the theme so much, because it actually wasn't all right. It didn't work out. It didn't just click when I went on stage and suddenly mm-hmm. I started performing. It actually incapacitated me in lots of in lots of ways and affected my confidence and um but but I'm okay Mm -hmm. and my father ended up passing away and and that was all very difficult obviously to deal with and um but I kind of still look back on that night as being incredibly important because it taught me a lot about little things like preparation like I, I, I rehearse more before shows now I try and eliminate all the options of something going wrong yeah um, and I think in lots of ways accepting that it might go wrong has probably made me better at what I do um it certainly made me understand people a lot more and understand myself a lot more um and I think the the idea of reset as well the next mm-hmm. part of the piece is I think for me is the most important part because it just doesn't always work out, but it's, but, but it can be okay. Still things don't always work out in the way that they possibly should. And they don't, I I think I had life in my mind. I had life in boxes. So like your job, your partner, your home, all these things. And when they're stacked on top of each other and one of the boxes disappears, everything falls down. And now I definitely see life as more of a, river that's constantly moving and things drop in and out of it but it does keep moving um and it changes a lot but but something keeps moving I still don't really know what that is for me but but it's certainly a um fairly life-altering um distinction to make Mm. uh in my head so so that's the song god I hate talking about the song before people have heard it because you're 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 talking something up you want people um, to just hear it and then yeah, let them hear it first, yeah. yeah. I, that's my first time to hear that story. And it's, oh. Yeah, I'm blown away. But like the idea that your dad told his little girl, you know, kind of don't be here and go and do what you love. 
and be proud of me. Like, is that unreal? It was New Year's Eve as well, so That's it was like so it was half ten, and I said I will stay till the New Year. And he yeah. was like, but what ended up happening was he got to see me all his. Uh, That's the what he wanted. Oh, totally. Yeah. And he got mm. to say the weird lad in the other bed beside yeah. him. Look That's, me, my, that's yeah. my daughter. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of magic and painful and everything. But yeah. no, it's yeah. brilliant. There's, a, there's some kind of a, a wisdom that's there, isn't there? It's just kind of, it's deeper and higher than everything, really. Mm. I think as well what you were saying about like the fact you're meant to, you're expected to kind of just leave things behind like when you're performing and all that, like artists are inherently more like emotional and passionate people. So I think like you should be able yeah, to bring. You, you that and I was like going, oh, because it's, you know, so I think the lockdown is good because, you know, good in this capacity because many, many times the general public don't, and this is not saying that anyone is less than me, but the capacity is not there. The words don't aren't often there. The language, the sound, the visual is not there. So when things, when people are in a crisis like this, the arts is something that people go to because absolutely, yeah. You can look and you can hear that song that makes you cope and get through the week, or you might see that image and you go, "Oh my God, that's what I've been. That's what's been in my head for the last month." Mm. Now this makes sense. And there's a value that's given to that. So I think, you know, kind of the, I think people look on us and expect us to be incredibly emotional. And to have, then to put that at the side of the stage just seems like it's counterproductive. You're supposed to be incredibly emotional and also be able to go, like, you know, when you said that you couldn't even dance, I, like, I've seen you perform a few times. I could not imagine you not moving. I must find you a photo, here to accompany the uh, podcast um, of, and I don't know why, you're wearing a yellow jumper or something, but I'm on stage in the Olympia, and it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a bajillion people yeah. back, and Joe's like, <laughs> you don't even need to know what he looks like. If I said to someone... It was the repeal. repeal concert and uh, a lot of people had come together in the Olympia and I hadn't, I met you afterwards, didn't I? Yeah. But in the middle of the concert, so she was up on stage and she had come out and the devious eye was on her up at the top of the stage and she was like in it. And she, the two of us caught eyes. And I was just in the audience. I was like, <laughs> by about a thousand people. And she goes... And most of them taller than him. I don't understand. Yeah. It was so lights, funny. The lights were on me. I was wearing a blue jumper with a Mazer's a repeal that was on the front of us that was on mm-hmm. Project Art Centre. And Ruth, one of our other mates, took the, vid, took the photograph. And you can see Mary Kate singing. And she's singing out. And the two of us have this, like, maybe connection that was 10 seconds. But she got it and it was that's like, amazing oh man it's you have to send me that i can put it up yeah. like yeah. as the accompanying yeah. picture maybe yeah, yeah. and um, it kind of it, it it sums up in a weird way the connection that has evolved in the last couple of years between the two of us because we're kind of there's a bit of development that's in us and you know we kind of 
hope that we kind of raise each other and, you know, kind of we're, we're quite different in what we do, but then we're the exact same in what we want to say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that has been fairly nice. And then it was lovely. I, I Yesterday I did a, a session uh, with the students, or not the students, but the, the young people that are in part of the project. And we were deciding because we have to do stage two or the, the second part, which is called Reset. Um, and we, we analysed what worked well in the last project and what we needed to change. And uh, unanimously, all the, the participants said, yeah, Mary Kate needs to be in the next one. Uh, so There you go. Yeah. You made the nice cut. Because, because I could have been seen as quite a dark character in that first one. I yeah. didn't feel I was, but... I don't think it comes across that way at all. But I'm, I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. I'm so glad they felt that way. Um but the day amazing. that you came in and met with them, it, it was funny because we all of this is done like the vast majority of it was done online. So when we got in on that day, it was the first time that I had physically met any of the people that were involved in the project, yeah. and it was the first time Mary Kate had gone in and met any of them. But the energy that day was just like it was like amazing. Electric. Really, it was like everyone was was kind of no one really knew each other. Like there was some of them that were coming in and forgot each other's names, mm-hmm. but. You know, by the end of the day, everyone was like kind of giddy when they were leaving, and it was lovely. You hear when everyone's so passionate about the same thing. Totally, and yeah. the, and, for, and I say, Kira, and this is with all respect to their families and their teachers and 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 people that influence them in their lives. I think probably for one of the first times, maybe in their young lives, someone had taken their emotions very seriously mm-hmm. and helped them express them in this very visual very real way mm-hmm. and then there was little things that you might take for granted that we might take for granted as the the six one news arriving yeah that we think we kind of think well that's brilliant then for the project but yeah. then you're thinking hang on for a second this young person is standing there talking about a feeling that they have mm-hmm. and they've experienced and this group of adults are saying that's very interesting and we that's care very about relevant. that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It was really, really, it was really special. One of the lads yesterday, I said to him, what was it like when you had to speak into camera? And he goes, oh, that's the first time anyone in my family has ever been on the television. And I was like, oh, so my God. And then loads of them were talking about the value and the power and the pride that they felt and that was given to them, you know, in the days after that. And then even in their mates, I was saying, you know, did anyone get any kind of you know, like kind of teenage slagging or there was anything that was like that. They were like, no, nothing. Everyone was like, go on, yeah. Fair That's the most it's... impressive bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, even even at any of our, our ages, you still yeah. feel like, I just don't want to even... A bit scarlet, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. go away. Yeah. yeah. But I think this, this whole thing has kind of, like the pandemic has kind of made us all care about each other a little bit more, I think. Yeah, I um, and I... There's, yeah, I I hope so. And I, you know, kind of my experiences over the last couple of months, you know, kind of have given me that hope or, you know, kind of made it be even stronger. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then you're kind of, you're looking at what the kids are saying, because I think you can kind of gauge our future or gauge where Ireland is going to be by, you know, kind of the energy and what, you know, kids say mm-hmm. and what their capacities are. And one of the things that they talked about yesterday was, you know, kind of their sense of equality that uh, everyone felt that they, no one spoke more than anyone else that was 
was in it and everyone mm. felt that they were listened to. And, Respected and all that kind yeah, of Yeah, and, you know, kind of giving them, a, a you know, that their boat was their boat mm. uh, and that they had the choice on, you know, whatever whatever the image that, that they wanted. Now, a few of them said, you know, I'd love an extra week, Joe, where I could do the drawing a bit better. And you should have told me at the very start that we were going to go on the news and I would have made a better drawing. But <laughs> that's, you know, kind of, that's, yeah. if that was the one criticism that we got out of it, you know. We're I also think okay. you're never ready. I would, I would always <laughs> say be 40 that. Years yeah. I would always say that if, before going on stage or before releasing something, it's the one thing that you ask for is time. Jesus, yeah. if I three more days, I would do this and this. Even you actually can't with, with songwriting, I find if I, you're if you're left working on one song, it's never gonna be ready. Do you know what I mean? It's literally. No, gonna, in fact, it can get worse. Yeah, yeah, lit- yeah. it does. <laughs> you're better with it. Limit. Drawing. At some point, you have to go. At some point, the drawing is done. Whether there's elements that are unfinished or not, at some points, it's done. The worst thing you can do to a drawing is to over overdraw it. Mm. Yeah, because totally. you overkill it. Yeah, yeah. Be what like, about um? Exactly the same. Yeah, no, good. Good. Looking the wrong string. <laughs> <laughs> Your claw finger. <laughs> I only seen it one. <laughs> <laughs> what about um? What's next then with the reset? And I know you are cause of everything with today having to cancel the filming. Did yeah. Jerry said something about? So, we so and this is the really beautiful thing about this project. I have absolutely no clue of what this piece is going to look like at the end. Yesterday we moved a, a step towards it. So yesterday with the with the participants or with the young people that's involved, we decided that we're going to that the storm is going to hit land. So we're going to look at the connection on what both survived, what didn't, uh, what lives were lost, what damage was done where there is daylight, where there is that beacon of, you know, kind of that lighthouse that's looking out, uh, how we girth or not, how we, you know, hold the boats to the land, how, so it's all of those connections. Mm. It's about survival and loss. It's about, you know, kind of getting through. It's, it's looking at, you know, kind of essentially how we deal with a trauma. Um, and the idea that, and we don't want it to be this, you know, kind of perfect thing and this thing that, oh yeah, it's all grand. It's going to be quite, you know, kind of uh, true to life and there will be destruction that's in it and then there will be, you know, points of absolute kindness and there'll be humanity that's found in it. And there'll be one person in it and that'll be Mary-Kate and there'll be no boats. So everything, we decided that, that we had enough boats and what we're going to do is we're going to create an image that is going to speak about every boat and it's going to be like absolutely boats are present in this but there's going to be no boats and I'm hearing this for the first time too God mm. that's amazing there's lots to look forward to yeah there's lots yeah. to look forward to and I also think that for probably if there's if there are young people listening to this that aren't involved in the project and maybe are feeling a bit like I wish I hadn't missed out on that or I wish whatever. I think there's so much to take away from this for your mm. own personal, you know, gain and, and, and there's ways in which you can take messages from this um, in the smallest way. If you're a songwriter, aspiring songwriter, artist, DJ, anything, in any way that you can take that formula of if you're a boat and, you know, there's, you can try all yeah. this in your own way. Mm. and see where you can go with it too. So not being part of this project itself, 
um, doesn't mean you can't be part of it in some way either. I think that's that's a big deal too. Yeah, there's one definitely the even... Main, no, sorry, go on. One of the main objectives that I had in the, in the project was it's like this, you know, kind of massive whirlwind or massive power has just kind of taken everybody and whipped up your mind and whipped up your body and you're just kind of in this spin and every emotion that you've had is just in this movement and this torrential kind of a spin and then if you can you know kind of take your life for your characteristics or how you're feeling and ascribe it to an object you have grounded yourself in a way Mm -hmm. um, and you've taken your sense yourself out of that you know kind of whirlwind complexity and that whirlwind and, and you know kind of that chaos and you have you know kind of focus down and you have found something that is tangible um, and there's something really therapeutic and very you know kind of clean that's in that mm. and that's what you know kind of the sentence and that's the cleanliness of of the sentence is that it was just when I heard it it just made it just made the whole pandemic just kind of uh, quantifiable or even that I was able to understand it that mm-hmm. we are all in different boats, but we're in the same storm. And when someone said that to me, I was like, okay, yeah, I understand this space mm. a little bit more. So, yeah, I think that what Mary-Kate said that's there is, you know, kind of absolute. And there is, you know, an, an energy and a power in those elements. And that's what the arts can give to people, that yeah. you, can, you can tangibly link you and your emotions and your life and, you know, kind of, maybe the chaos that you're in to something and it might you know kind of be that guiding rope or that thread that just holds you on to life or to you know kind of this world so there is an importance in it I think that's a perfect like way to kind of summarize it is that everyone can take something from it do you know what I mean and whether and it, that compa- you know that that way it is different you know it might be someone takes a little five minutes of their time or you know, kind of somebody could be bowled over by it. It's it's you decide really how mm. much you want to what you, how much you want to buy into it or take from it. Mm. No, that's brilliant. And is there any like last things you want to plug, like dates or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so the launch of the next piece is going to be for Culture Night, which is on the eighteenth of September. Mm-hmm. So that's that's when everything you know kind of kicks in again. Um, there will be the the option for people to come down to Rua Raid in Tala um, to see the piece uh, and also to hear Mary Kate perform. Am I right? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure exactly the details of that, but there definitely will be a launch on September 18th, yeah. which will, because of social distancing, the corona. Because of the corona, the there will be limited, limited capacity and everything. So we'll definitely, it will definitely have to be ticketed in some to some degree. Yeah just to keep everything safe. Um, but it's a really exciting one. And it's actually a real thing where we need people to rally because um, Culture Night, there's so much going on. Um, and obviously we're, we support everything going on and love the fact that it's all um, focused a lot on Dublin city centre. But we definitely want people to to um, come out to Rio Red that night for it as well. Mm. Um, so... In a couple of weeks, we'll announce more details of that, um, but it's going to be beautiful. Brilliant. And you both have 
you'll be announcing that I'd say on your Instagram accounts and all that kind of thing yeah it'll be on Instagram it'll be through Rua Raid and there'll be loads it'll be through Culture Night as well it's it's going to be one of the one of the headline pieces that's 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 there so yeah it'll be it's going to be pretty good and, and we should say about I mean Melissa and Joyce and Jerry have just been um, joke easy to deal with yeah yeah. Just like yeah. incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And throughout this whole thing where there's been um, completely unpredictable. Stops and starts, I don't know where we're going yeah. sometimes. Mm. They, yeah. don't, they don't drop a beat. Incredibly even tempered, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly. Oh, yeah. My Lisa couldn't get any more chilled out if she tried. Oh, she's like, dead. she's great, isn't she? Yeah. Gall Hedner, yeah. yeah. Should say as well, actually, that the resilience is still available if people want to visit. Up until yeah, then. please do, yeah, please do. It's something. It's um, the scale of it is is kind of another element to it. Yeah. So to yeah. see the actual beautiful piece itself is one thing, but to see the scale of it in the gallery, mm-hmm. um, and it's a huge support. Um, kind of looking into the future for galleries and any creative spaces for them to see what they can and can't do. Yeah, showing yourselves in places like that at the moment is really important. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's an important message that's in it, and you know, kind of. Galleries are, and, and spaces that are, are like that are, you know, kind of notoriously difficult for, you know, kind of to capture the audience that is the audience that we're looking to talk to. So, you know, if you, if you can get into the site, great. If you can put up something on your social media, great. If you can share something, great. Mm-hmm. Because that might just open the door, it might be the language for somebody that is finding things a little difficult at the minute. Yeah. So it's not just about, you know, kind of our success and the nice thing, you know, kind of that we have together is that, you know, we're looking out for the, the success of, you know, kind of society rather than kind of plugging our own thing. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a social awareness project right from the very get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of, we're all stronger together. Brilliant. Listen, lads, thank you so much. That was honestly brilliant. Jesus, I hope I'd say... Jerry, so sorry, much. Jerry. I'm sorry, like, there you go. Sorry, Jerry. So that's it, lads. That's it. That's the conversation. Um, I hope he's enjoyed that as much as I did. I just want to say thank you so much to Joe and May Kay again for chatting to me on this episode I really really enjoyed it and I also want to say thank you for listening as always if you aren't already give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where arts underscore insight on Instagram and arts insight one on Twitter I think that's it thanks for listening and I'll see you next month bye Arts Insight is recorded, edited and produced by Jerry Horn of Contact Studio. Contact Studio is a South Dublin County Arts Office initiative.